We have spiritual sausage making when you come in here. It's messy. It's not pretty. But if you go through the process, it's going to turn out to be really, really beautiful. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you're all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride Take what you want and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. From Studio A, deep in the heart of Texas, that was the voice of Mr. Joe Muck that you heard at the beginning of this episode, number two. Episode number 242, I think I have that right, and this one's called Spiritual Sausage Making, and we'll talk about that in the episode itself, but first things first, this here episode is being brought to you by Kim and Trudy. What may you ask the Kim and Trudy do? Well, they went to our website soberspeak.com they clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a a contribution so thank you so much kim and trudy for your generosity this episode is coming right out to youans all right everybody so i am getting way ahead here on my schedule. It's a long story. I got a busy travel week next week and I I need to get some episodes pushed out. So the it's kind of good news, bad news depending on how you look at it. We'll have no listener feedback at the end of this episode today and some of you may be saying to yourself, "Self, that is fantastic. The less of John M that we have to listen to the better. Others of you may be saying to yourself, oh man, I wrote in recently or I made a comment or whatever the case may be, and I was looking forward to hearing my comments, my listener feedback, whatever you want to call it, but I will catch up eventually. I promise you. I do promise Yeah. I, John M., just another bozo on the bus will indeed be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will. A, a, you don't literally have to take a seat. You can, but you know, but you don't have to. Uh, take a seat around this virtual table and let's get started. And I I'm going to, is there any, let me think about this. Is there anything on my mind? Uh, Some of you are out there going, no, 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 please don't talk. Just get to Joe Muck. Oh, I do have one thing. (laughs) 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry to uh, disappoint <laughs> many of you, probably thousands, but nonetheless. Anyway, um, I remember last week uh, I talked about using, uh, and this is the miracle of recording. I'm saying last week, but it was actually yesterday in real time. But you know, time is relative. Uh, time is, uh, you know, when you're listening to this is now. Right? That makes sense, doesn't it? Anyway, I won't go off on a tangent uh, even... Well, I can't promise I won't go off on a tangent, but this is kind of a tangent. Last week, I told you I used peppermint to start my uh, episode with with some essential oils that my beautiful daughter uh, bought for me. And this week... I decided to go with the eucalyptus oil. And this eucalyptus oil will knock you over if you are not careful. But anyway, that's just a little something going on in my world, in case you're curious. Now on to our featured guest of the week, Joe Muck. And this one, like I said earlier, is called Spiritual Sausage Making. I love it. Joe talked about that during the episode. He addresses the gifts of desperation, the initiation fee, as he calls it, into Alcoholics Anonymous, Chuck C., Chuck Chamberlain, he's passed now, and some of his early beginnings. Uh, Joe also talks about the pink cloud and his view on that and what it is uh, and how it manifests itself. Uh, Joe talks about the big quote, do not unquote in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And then another interesting theory, not a theory, but, uh, just a, a concept or, or what Joe practices. And, and I actually do this myself. He calls it 12th stepping during the 11th step. And you'll have to just listen in and see what I mean about that. All right, everybody. Once again, Joe Muck. Enjoy this episode, and we will not this week have plenty of listener feedback at the end of the episode, but I will catch up eventually. God bless y'all. Okay, everybody, so today we are sitting here with the one and only Mr. Joe Muck. I, I know that a lot of people know you by your last name, and as you know, because this is internet radio, I, I just go by the, the last initial. But in your case, we go by Joe MC. I don't know why. Just I, I, I like it. It just sounds much better. In fact, do other people call you that? Uh, they call me a Joe McGaff. I mean, but I am Joe McFadden. Yeah, you got it. Okay, so... Joe, why don't you go ahead, introduce yourself, give your sobriety date if you wish, and tell people where you live in this great land of ours, please. My name is Joe McFadden. I'm a grateful alcoholic, and my sobriety date is June 14, 1993. And I am residing at in Galveston Island, right on the water. Yeah, we talked a little bit about that last time. What a beautiful area that is. And uh, so so let me go ahead and remind everybody, uh, if you didn't hear Joe's first episode, he is on episode number 215. It's called Joe Muck. Dear God, I am reporting for duty, sir. And once again, why don't you go ahead and remind people why you use that verbiage, when you use it, and... Uh, just just talk a little bit about that. 
somewhere between sleep and wake, before I open my eyes, I give my, I've just, since early, early sobriety, I give my first thought to God. My sponsor said, Joe, he likes to hear from people he hasn't talked to in a long time. And it was a habit. And I just get up in the morning, somewhere between sleep and wake, before I open my eyes, I just say, dear God, I'm reporting for duty, sir. I love it. I love it. And uh, just also as a reminder, uh, the reason you and I came across each other is we have a common friend. His name is Ricky C. And Ricky had been down there. He was actually on a vacation in uh, Galveston. And he came to a meeting. You were there. Uh, he heard you share. He said, you have got to get in touch with this guy. I was actually able to look up. You have a lot of, I'm sure you know this, uh, tapes out there in the on the interweb, you know, hanging out all over the place. And I was actually able to listen to some of your stuff and I thought it was just fantastic. So, uh, so we were able to get together. What meeting was that, that you, that Ricky attended with you? Do you know? It's Jamaica beach group on Monday nights and Thursday nights here on Galveston Island is my home group. Like I said, y'all, if you haven't heard two uh, episode number two one five, dear God, I'm reporting for duty, sir, with Joe, you want to go back and listen to that one. But let's go on with this one here right now. So we talked a little bit before this uh, to kind of uh, uh, come up with a, uh, a direction of where we're going to go with this. And, and I think we're going to end up calling this one. I don't know for sure yet until they're always, you know, to the end of the episode. But I think we're going to call this one the world of the spirit. And so why don't you go ahead, talk a little bit about what that particular phrase means to you and why it's important to you? It's super important to me for this reason. Every meeting we go to, we hear chapter five read, and there's something in particular in there, and it's the big do not in the big book. And if you were to ask 99% of the members, what is the big do not in the big book, 99% of them or 100% of them nearly will hear it in the big book. But if you ask them, they'll say, I don't know. There isn't one. Well, there is. It's do not be discouraged. Now, when I was new, I came out of the state hospital, 81 days of 37 shock treatments. And I didn't know. In fact, when I read that part in the big book says lack of power is our dilemma. I remember uh, there's one lady in Alcoholics Anonymous that's had more shock treatments than me. And that was Mildred uh, Frank up in uh, Canada. And we did up in Grand Prairie, Canada, a big book weekend together. And we assured everyone between the two of us of all the shock treatments that Lack of power could not possibly be our dilemma. <laughs> but um, where I come with that is do not be discouraged. That's the world of the spirit. So the opposite of that, I had to look up. I didn't know what the word discouraged meant. I came in, busted, disgusted, not to be trusted. I couldn't tell you what was the topic of the meeting when I left. So my sponsor had me look up the word discouraged. And it means to be deprived of three things. Hope, competence, and spirit. So the world. Okay, hold, hold on. Slow down for me there because I want to get that. You said it means discouraged, means to be deprived of hope, hope competence, confidence, and spirit. And spirit. Okay. Now, so you want to go into those? I sure do. So this is a very, I did a, a big book uh, um, a workshop once in, in Dallas with uh, Bob D. And I, I'd never heard this before. I don't know where it came from. So I think, you know, 
An intuition, it, we talk about in the 11th step, an intuition is defined as a knowing you didn't know you knew. But I did the fear inventory part of this weekend, a uh, big book uh, workshop, and it said that fear set in motion trains of circumstances we felt we didn't deserve, but did not we set them in motion. So to be discouraged is really to have a lot of fear. Okay, so fear is actually a subconscious prayer for what you don't want to happen to happen. And the opposite of the world of the spirit is to be deprived of hope, confidence, and spirit. So the world of the spirit would be full of courage, hope, and confidence. Now, if you back that up and do the reverse, Fear set in motion trains the circumstances we felt we did not deserve, but did not we set them in motion? So how would you set in motion the opposite? Well, it's really good. You go into the world of the spirit. Now, how do you do that? You have courage. Courage. We come into Alcoholics Anonymous and we're scared of this God deal. I worked on a 26-page white paper with Sandy Beach when they were trying to take the word God out of some of our literature and make one. And, and, and there was a lot of nonsense going on at that time with everything that was going up in Canada with, with the lawsuit they had about religion and AA, etc. What we came up with is on this 26-page is the no one need have problem with the word God. The word God in Alcoholics Anonymous literature simply refers to the individual transformation that transpires within anyone who takes all 12 steps. Now, we've got to have courage to step out on that. A lot of times, for instance, a lot of times we see these newcomers come in and we, we say, oh, they're on a pink cloud. They're not. They're seeing the great reality maybe for the first time. They, they don't know that guy's full of crap and he's 13-stepping a, a girl or whatever. And this guy, he, he's drinking between. They just hear what we have, which is the spiritual principles. It talks about on page 42, quite as important as discovery is spiritual principles will solve all my problems. And let, I'm a guy with trouble even today with nearly 30 years of sobriety, but especially when I came in. And I believe if I took the actions and like in the forward of the, the 12 and 12, it says all of AA's 12 steps are a group of principles, spiritual in nature. When if practice will expel the obsession and drink and enable the sufferer to live a happily and usefully whole life. And that's what I've been after my whole life. So if we had the courage to go out there and, and believe that these principles will really solve all our problems. And, and, and something that really, really stuck with me is when I came in, they said, it's not true because it's in the big book, Joe. It's in the big book because it's true. You go flip on that light switch and it doesn't matter your education. It doesn't matter what you did when you were in third grade or last week. It's what you're doing right now. You're not what you did. You're what you do. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of recovery. I set in motion trains of circumstances by allowing myself, putting myself. The word slip came from Bill Wilson. Uh, a guy didn't show up on Clinton Street uh, for three meetings in a row. And his name happened to also be Joe. He started the New Yorker magazine. Um, he died at St. Elizabeth Hospital in New York, of course, cop syndrome, alcoholic wet brain. And they asked, 
Bill, what happened to Joe? He hadn't been at any meetings. And Bill said he slipped. No one had ever heard of that before. He says, what do you mean slip? Bill told him he had slipped from the grace of God. What puts us in a position to receiving that grace of God is taking actions. Here are the steps we took, which are suggested as a program of, of recovery. That's action. And so if we take action and we take these 12 steps, it's going to set in motion trains of circumstances for the good that we do, that we felt we didn't deserve. Every good thing. Frank Jones, I did the eulogy at his funeral. He was one of the greatest men I've ever known in my life. If you've never listened to his tape, listen to it. He was an incredible human being. He said, Joe, there is only one answer to an AA request, and that is yes. God shows up in Alcoholics Anonymous in the word yes. And he said that we are to man our sobriety post. And Frank was a, was a Vietnam veteran. And at his funeral, he saved a lot of people's lives listening to him. And I listened to him. And when we set in motion these trains of circumstances, good comes to us. It just comes to us. There is no, it's just incredible how these spiritual principles are so, so powerful. And another thing that I'd like to, like, have I covered that well enough uh, for you about setting in motion? Do you have any other questions about that? I do not have any other questions about that. But one other thing that I want to cover, in fact, can we go on to the next piece after uh, we, we cover this? Because I want to let people know what you kind of went through from a health perspective over the past, uh, you know, six months or so. So we were, we had done an original recording and then we were set to come get on another recording and uh but you had to back out because why do you tell people why you had to back out uh lucy my wonderful al-anon wife and i uh contracted covid and it knocked me on my keister let me tell you it really did so and you had to go to the hospital yes. is that right yes oh how long were you down for well, I went to the hospital. Um, I didn't, I wasn't admitted. They sent me home. They gave me an IV. It was, uh, I was down. It took me maybe four weeks to get off where I was back. And um, it was that COVID fatigue lasted for maybe six weeks. Wow. Yeah. And so are you fully recovered now? I'm fully recovered from COVID and a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. <laughs> Okay. Hey, listen, while we're here, let me just do a little break real quick. We will be continuing our conversation with Joe Muck F in just a moment. Just to remember, just a reminder, you're listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. There you will find approximately 240 or so other episodes you can listen to for free. You can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the spirit moves you. Please keep in mind, this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. All right, now back to Mr. Joe. All right, so Joe, uh, yeah, I think we covered that sufficiently. And you said there was another subject that you wanted to uh, talk about? Yes, it, and it, the name of this, uh, what, I, what I would hope uh, would be uh, the thesis of this talk would be the gifts of desperation. G-O-D, God. Uh -huh. Now, 
a lot of people may have problem with that, but let, let me say this is, is that um, in 19, I believe it was 1961, Bill Wilson wrote a letter to uh, Dr. Carl Jung over in Switzerland, who was retired and uh, who was, Bill referred to him as the godfather of Alcoholics Anonymous. And if you think about it, Roland Hazard wanted to go over and get some help for his drinking. And he first one he wanted to see was Freud an atheist who was retired. Second one was Adler, another atheist who was retired. And he was stuck with Carl Jung, a Christian. And so from this shredding thread, our destiny hung. Had this series of circumstances not connected and the synchronicity and the wheels uh, of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, the embryo part of it, uh, we wouldn't be here today. Another interesting fact is um, William James is referred to in spiritual experience in the back of the big book. And what is so interesting there is that if Bill was in Towns Hospital, December 11, 1934, Ebby came and brought him a book and it happened to be Varieties of Religious Experiences. And in that book, now, I, I've, I've talked with some of the best historians in the history of, of, of the world on Alcoholics Anonymous, and there's no way to know for sure, but all of them conclude that the embryo of Alcoholics Anonymous was probably when Ebby brought that book over to Bill, and Bill probably read, I believe it's chapter 10 on religious conversions. This book is a series of lectures that William James did between 1900 and 1902 in Edinburgh, Scotland, and would turn into a book, Variety's Religious Experience. What he did in chapter 10 on religious conversions, he didn't look and see what all the differences were with the people who had bona fide spiritual experiences. He wanted to see what they had in, in common, in similarity. And the first one was at-depth ego deflation, complete loss of the human will. The second thing was an appeal to something outside and greater than them. And the third thing is they always fled. They were never stayed. The reason I believe Bill Wilson had this spiritual experience and read this is because all of a sudden, Bill said, if they're giving a God, show it, reveal yourself to me now. The room lit up. He felt the cold wind of spirit come. He said, surely this is the God of our understand of my uh, childhood. Now, every one of us has experienced that. And I'll tell you what it went like for me. It's my lawyer calling. Hello, go. <laughs> the judge dropped the charges. A clean mountain wind came in and the room <laughs> lit up. But they worldly clamors mostly from within. This time, I won't drive a red sports car convertible. Cops are always looking at that. The reason I believe Bill was, God had his providential hands in this is because a few sentences after Bill describes that, and he says, but they were quickly brushed aside, those feelings with worldly clamors, mostly from within. A few sentences after that, he says, perhaps there are others that could benefit by this. You get a selfish, self-centered pig like Bill Wilson was. And all of a sudden, when he got out, you could have handcuffed him to a radiator and he had chewed his way through the handcuffs to go help someone. Now, the reason I'd like uh, for y'all to, uh, to see where I'm going at with this is I am a low bottom. I am not a pretty 
pretty low uh, alcoholic who sang too loud in the choir or something. I am a lowest <laughs> bottom alcoholic of the, of the variety there could be. I came out of the state hospital, 81 days, 37 shock treatments, weighing 370 pounds, living in Section 8 housing. My, I was on SSI. I was told that I couldn't even do dishes. It would be too much pressure from me. And when you talk about pain, that pain, that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. The We have a seventh tradition in Alcoholics Anonymous, and we have no dues or fees. But I tell you right now, I am convinced we've got an initiation fee. And that is that pitiful and incomprehensible demoralization. And Alcoholics Anonymous cannot start until you have hit that. There is two co-founders, but I dispute that. I think there's three co-founders. And the two, Bill and Bob, can't get started until the third has really, really, really done its 12-stepping. And that is alcohol. Until alcohol's got done 12-stepping you, you're not going to be ready. And I was, I was ready. And what I did is I went there and I, I just, I hit a point where I, I couldn't go on anymore. I run out of ground for me and I appealed to something outside of me and that set in motion. You know, this, it doesn't say alcohol is our, is our trouble. It says selfishness and self-centeredness is the root of all our troubles. Now, Khalil Gibran had a quote. And it says, it has a quote, that, and it says this, the first step in unselfishness is going mad. Go mad and come back and tell us, that, tell us all what lies behind that thin veil we all wear called sanity. You see, the spiritual sausage making, if you're hungry and you go into a barbecue joint and you smell that sausage, you want to pound of it with potato salad and stuff. But if you saw that sausage being made, they say you'd never eat it. We have spiritual sausage making when you come in here. It's messy. It's not pretty. But if you go through the process, it's going to turn out to be really, really beautiful. When I came in, I was in the state hospital and I got I met a lady and she got me in contact with a man named Jim Willis out of San Antonio. And his sobriety date, I just give him his 65th uh, sobriety chip, February 6, 1957. And he told me he would take me on a series of 12 surrenders. He didn't call them the steps. And he said that if I did this, I wouldn't change. If I could change, I didn't need Alcoholics Anonymous. I come into Alcoholics Anonymous. We expect that you cannot change. He said that if you take these 12 steps, you will be changed. And that was the fulcrum I built my life on. And you, you look at page 45 where it says, Lack of power is our dilemma. Well, the 12 steps get rid of that dilemma and give us access to that power. Now, that power is a dangerous thing if not used because it'll turn on you. That's where it says in the big book that if we rest on our laurels, we're headed for trouble for alcohol as a subtle foe. It'll turn on me. It, it has to be used. And so that's what I'd really like to talk about where it says these fear set in motion trains the circumstances we felt we didn't deserve. Well, this, this, this power has no volition of its own. It is a doer. I've got two powers in my life. I've got alcohol that kills. I've got God that heals. 
And I, there is no, no neutrality here. I'm not in a position of neutrality with my thoughts. I am, but not my actions. Each day is a day I've got to bring God's vision out. Now, I, um, where, where I got this experience that I, I want to kind of center in and, and close up with is I met Dr. Bob's son, his daughter-in-law, Betty, and AA's first archivist, Bill Wilson's secretary second secretary named Nell Wing, and they were at my home for Thanksgiving one year. And we started talking about the original 100 drunks in Akron and all. And then I met a lady who um, um, would spend her summers with Chuck and Elsa Chamberlain. Her name was Nancy Hyde. She was the secretary at um, the Aquarius Group in Dallas, and she was uh, also David Aronowski's secretary before that. And so she had all this plethora of AA history and stuff, and I would pick her up and take her to meetings. And, and when she passed, she left me all of her AA archives. And in those AA archives uh, were some tapes between uh, Bob White, an AA legend in Lake Whitney, and then... Um, uh, Chuck Chamberlain, when they would come and eat Elsa's, uh, would, would come and um, Marcy and would and Elsa would make this apple pie that was to die for, and they'd be eating them, and they'd be talking about spiritual matters. Well, I was at a conference with my dear friend, Bob uh, Bassans, and uh, a recently passed a, a spiritual heavyweight, Jerry Jones. And if you haven't listened to any of their tapes, I suggest you do. And um, we started talking about these tapes and everything, and, and we started talking about, and I found out that, you know, it says on page 87 in the 11th step, there are many helpful books. Ask your rabbi and minister, and they'll be quick to point them out to you. Well, Chuck Chamberlain, before Chuck came on to AA speaking circuit, there was nothing but drunk logs. When Chuck came in, he had some deep spirituality. What I had come to find out is Chuck was a founding member of Ernest Holmes Church of Religious Science and the Science of Mind book. And everything that Chuck is talking about, he applies to AA, but it's from that book. Okay, so let's slow down just real quickly, because I, I think there's going to be people listening like me right now writing this down. What was that? What was the name of the organization Chuck was kind of getting his information from? Church of Religious Science, Ernest Holmes, and the book is Science of Mind. Church of Religious Science, Ernest Holmes, and the book is Science of Mind? Yes. Okay. Thank you. Now, I was talking to them about this, and I got, for eight years of my life, I really went all the way in, and I learned a lot about spiritual principles, and, and I found where Chuck was presenting them and wrapping them up in the AA um, program, which was a perfect fit, a dovetail perfect. But in this tape, one of the world, they call it practitioner, uh, one of the greatest that's ever maybe walked the planet in this particular field was Ernest Holmes and Ernest tried helping and doing spiritual treatments, healing treatments for Chuck on his alcoholism and finally said, I can't help you go to AA where Chuck went and got sober. Wow. Now, what I found out through this is that um, there's a lot more 
There's so much more power here in Alcoholics Anonymous. Page 19, we think a man is unthinking when he says he quit drinking. That's sobriety is enough. A much more important demonstration of these principles are needed in our respective home life, occupation, and affairs. That second step proposition, do I now believe or am I willing to believe that God can take me further in these areas? Romance, finance, and pissants. Can God take me further in those areas? And the answer is yes, if we have the right attitude. Now, I talked to Bob and I talked to, to Jerry and Jerry took me outside and we sat for maybe an hour. He says, Joe, you seem to have a gift. And let me tell you about the gift. Because when I was in the state hospital getting those shock treatments, it was just horrible. I was in so much pain. I didn't want to live. And I made a deal, which I found out is the third step covenant. I'll stay close to God and perform his work well. And then uh, he's my new employer. And he says, you seem to, when you're in that kind of pain, when you come back, you bring a tremendous amount of gifts. And he says, why don't you sit here and listen to the silent screams, unspoken screams of your fellows in Alcoholics Anonymous. And Bob Bissons taught me this, is when you walk into a meeting, tap three chairs three times and say a prayer. The first one are for the people who are in the meeting that are suffering. The second chair you tap, and that's for the people who have left and have yet to make it back. And the third you tap is for the people yet to come. And then you sit there. My good friend Mark Houston and I, we started the Steel on Steel First steel on steel, Mark Houston, Joe Hawk, and I up in Kerrville, Texas in 1993. And um, we started taking this. Remember, dear God, this is Joe reporting for duty, sir. I get on my spiritual radar and I just see what comes across. I ask God to put me in a position of neutrality, safe and protected, usually from myself. Principles before personality. Principles is what's right. Personality is focusing on who's right. I focus on just being neutral. And the beautiful thing about this principle I'm just I'm um, uh, sharing with you is the serenity prayer says, God, grant me the serenity. Before it gives you the other three things, it says, you, so there's a point where we get there, tabula rasa, a blank slate, and then God comes in. And when Mark passed, he, we had talked and, and he asked me to start coming to his home group. And we had uh, London Broil the night before um, he passed and we were sitting there. And um, I started going to his home group after he passed and I would sit there and I would just listen to what Bob Bassans or what uh, Jerry Jones had told me. And I would listen. And then all of a sudden, I would silently extend. This is called 12-stepping during your 11th step. Now, there's some of you out there who's going to say, this is hokey. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm not interested in your opinion of an experience you haven't had. Don't knock it till you try it. You can get hold of me through this podcast, through John, and get a hold of me. I'm happy to discuss it with you. But until you've tried it, don't knock it. Now, and page 75, that's right in line. We may have had some spiritual beliefs, but now we begin to have a spiritual experience. I would sit there and I would feel this and I would hear this. And I would silently extend whatever would appear to be the most beneficial. It's the most perfect gift to both give and receive. And then all of a sudden, these people would raise their hand and say, I don't know why I'm sharing this, but something just told me I haven't talked about this for a long time. And then all of a sudden, 
about 30, at one point, there was nearly 37 of the men in this group of about 75 people, men and women, ended up, I ended up sponsoring them. That is the power of the spirit. Now, with the textbook, the, the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous found in the, the textbook of Alcoholics Anonymous, you can run the General Motors Corporation. You can practice these principles in all of your affairs, in romance, in finance, in all of your home affairs. I have a high school education. I have people who are PhDs who work at think tanks who work for me. I'm a guy who came in in Section 8 housing on SSI getting $384 a month. So I don't want to hear how this is hokey. If we practice these principles in all of our affairs, there is, I used to go to meetings in Washington, D.C. when I worked up there at the yeas and nays meeting. The president of War College was Hal Marley. Bill asked him to write the thought for the day for February 24th and um, on his sobriety date. He, Ed Chandler, and Sandy Beach were the class of 64. They sobered up in D.C. I remember he was Dr. Gratitude. He took off his tie tack after the meeting in the war room. We went downstairs to the executive dining room and he took off his tie tack, says attitude of gratitude. And he gave it to me. He said, Joe, Alcoholics Anonymous, always go first class in Alcoholics Anonymous. He says, it only takes 30% more effort and only 3% of people do it. But if you do it, AA will let you get as big as you want to be. Hmm. And what I did is I started applying spiritual principles. I get on my knee and say, dear God, I don't know how to do it. And let me say this is page 45 tells us that lack of power. That's our dilemma. We work to take the 12 steps and we remove that dilemma and we have access to that power. Now, what are we going to do with it? Not enough. Most of us are starving, standing, uh, fishing for minnows, standing on top of a well. There is a well, a kahuna of power and opportunity. A lot of people on their deathbed call me and ask me to talk to them. And I talk to them and nearly every one of them I talk to as they're making the transition and I'm helping them with them with it. And I don't know why I didn't set out to do this and I don't do it for a living. Everything I do is unrelated to Alcoholics Anonymous, although I totally practicing the principles. And I always ask them, every one of them, and it's always the same answer. I'll ask them. I'll say, what has Alcoholics Anonymous given you? And you'll see like decades of, of clicking back and forth in their eyes and memories. And then their, their eyes start watering, their lips starts quivering. And every damn one of them say the same thing, opportunity. You see, I cannot on paper function as an elected official. I cannot function at the area, and I won't go into it because it'll sound like I'm bragging, and trust me, I'm not. Bob Bassan said something that I coined and I, I use all the time. Is my dad said, son, you ain't that bright dress. Well, I don't even do that good, you know. <laughs> but here's the deal. Uh, back to page 45. It says, that's the main purpose of this book, is to find a power that will do for you what you cannot do for yourself. Earlier on, it says that God is our father, we are his children. If God is not going to take care of us, Let's hire the greatest attorney in the world and file a lawsuit for child abuse. God has, he loves us alcoholics and he's pulling for us. There's nothing too good for a sober alcoholic. Grace, we put ourselves in a position of grace by instead of 
having fear, we have faith and courage to act on that faith. I'm going to tell you a little secret about you you may not know. God's got my and he has your picture on his refrigerator door. He loves us. He wants to help us. He wants to be a co-creator of our world. We establish on such footing, we lose our fear of today, tomorrow, or hereafter. We're reborn. Now, in order to be reborn, the implication is something died. And that's the death of all of our old belief systems, our limited ones. Anything that is spiritual, the more you use it, the more it expands. Anything unspiritual, the more you drink it, the more you use it, the less you have. This is an ever-widening circle. In the back of my gold wing that I have up at my mountain home, I ride around the mountains, it says trudge. That is to march with purpose. Trudge the road, not to, but of happy destiny. I would have limited myself so much if I, if God, I just said, here's God, I want you to do this for me. I had no, God's got some, excuse me for saying this, God's got big balls. He really has some big plans for us. That's it. Oh, you've been great. Oh, I love it, Joe. So, well, I, I you can see me writing furiously. I always uh, struggle with, okay, what am I going to name these things? But we'll, uh, we'll talk about it afterwards. And is there anything in particular that you want to use these last few minutes with to kind of say to the listener, somebody who is out there, somebody who is struggling, somebody who has been going in and out of the program, somebody that maybe you're touching those chairs for in regards to your experience, strength and hope where Alcoholics Anonymous is concerned. Look, I, it, there's a West Texas saying that um, the man who died uh, with the longest sobriety in the history of Ector County out in, in Midland, Texas and, and Odessa, Hal Looney. And he said, it don't matter where you've been. It don't matter what you've done. It's what you're doing today that matters. He said, this is a, a program that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. We don't care what you've done. We care what you're doing. This is a place where you come in and we don't need your ego. Leave it at the door. Come in here and just be honest. Don't defend. Being an adult means you don't explain, you don't defend, you come in and you just say, this is, bring us your brokenness. Please bring us our brokenness because when you bring us our brokenness, this world's broken circles are heaven's perfect spheres. You bring that in, we love, we love, we get joyous, not happy, but joyous. The highest expression of the soul is to see a newcomer come in here and broke. And see, I, I could go on for years talking about the miracles and the age of miracles is here right now for you. And no matter what you're going through, you're in the middle of a miracle. If you surrender to the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous. That is a great way to end it there, Joe. I really appreciate that. We, or I actually, am going to read from page 164 of the big book to close this out. It says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit and you will surely meet some of us like me and Joe as you trudge the road of happy destiny may God bless you 
and keep you until then. Once again, Joe, I appreciate your passion, your enthusiasm, uh, how you articulate the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and I just so enjoy spending time with you. Ditto. Thank you, John, for all you do.